Hello and welcome to episode 155 of Fergo on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always is the magnificent, the splendid, the still awake League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Pretty good. Did you have that one uh, that one ready to go set up or did you make that one up on the fly? No, you can tell by, by the, uh, the slight pause. Yeah. That I had to think of that on the spot, and I, <laughs> I couldn't think of something actually impressive, so I came up with something a bit, um, let's call it shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. It was so shit, I thought I'd better put in a few extra words just to cover up for how shit it was. <laughs> oh, man. And it, and it worked, until yeah. I then came out and, and pulled, the, pulled the covers back and revealed how shit it was, and everyone's got a very unimpressed now. Yeah, look, everyone, if we hadn't have pointed it out so much, everyone would have been like, oh, wow, that was not too bad, actually. Yeah, see, this is how honest we are. Yeah. Now, we're going to start a bit different here today. We've got a few things planned, lined up, but we're going to start with uh, Freaky. Have we got any emails? We certainly do. We've got heaps of emails. It's great. There we go. So, uh, the first delve one... Delve yeah. into your sack. Okay. Well, this one... Yeah. Just get my sack out, you know, because that's how you read emails with yeah. your sack out. Uh, first, both hands. Yeah, exactly, carpet. Um, so the first one here is from Adam Webb, who's a long-time follower of mine. He said, hey, Freaky, your last two episodes about the NRL and Channel 9 have been spectacular. Great commentary on the situation when so many others are just drinking their Channel 9 Kool-Aid. I reckon a question worth pondering is is why does Channel 9 want to ditch the 2020 season? Sure, they'll save $125 million on the balance sheet, but what is the underlying, underlying reason to do that? What are the strategic business reasons that probably have nothing to do with the NRL that is causing them to try and pull back $120 million? There's something off in the distance that is threatening Channel 9 that isn't apparent to the rest of us. Nine Entertainment shares closed at a piss-poor $1.20 today. Maybe there's something going on behind closed doors at nine that's got them trying to pad the balance sheet. He said, keep up the great podcasting, and he sent it from his Commodore 64, which is pretty impressive, hey? That's very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'll, I'll, I'll have first crack at this one. Yeah. I, I don't think it's anything else other than the fact that despite coming out and posturing that they're very good with their finances, Channel 9's finances are complete ruin. And they're trying to ditch rugby league purely to save a bit of money for one year. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe to just not have a whole heap of shareholders bail on them. Yeah, so I I have a feeling that the uh, the advertising revenue for, the, for all broadcasters is probably down right now because... I mean, you think of how many shops there would be that just don't need to be advertising because no one can go in, they're shut. So I would guess that advertising is down, and because of that, the money is pretty tight at some of these broadcasters, and obviously Channel 9 would like to save 120-odd million bucks if the NRL is shut down. Um, it's it's kind of gross by Channel 9. I've seen today that the NRL has said that now uh, both the broadcasters are backing their return um, it shouldn't have come to that. We know that Fox Sports wanted them to back uh, to back the NRL because they need some content, but that they had to convince Channel 9 is kind of gross, and hopefully that's remembered the next time that a TV deal is negotiated. 
Agreed. Okay, so the next one, Sam Bayless, one of oh. our favourites. He's a Patreon of mine too. Uh, he's he's been around since day one for the podcast too. Yeah, he, he retweets so much stuff; it's awesome when he, he does. He's our marketing and PR man. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so he says, "Hi guys, loving all the shows. If channel nine, if Channel Seven gets the broadcasting rights, who should they sign to get to call the games? Should they hire anyone from Channel Nine? Any no. up and comers? Cheers, fellas, Sam. So you reckon no." No, I think, well, the only ones that should be signing are ones who haven't been tainted by the old dinosaur whinging bullshit that goes on there for the last few years. Yeah, the the ones I would say, I'd like, I, I like Billy Slater. I think he's fantastic at it. I think that, uh, I feel like Cooper Cronk would fit in really well with Channel 7. Um, you know, from there, from there, it's mostly Fox Sports people. Like, yeah. You know, there's a, there's some good callers on Fox Sports and that that I like, but yeah, everyone else I would leave behind. I, I there's not a long list of people from Channel Nine I would be looking at getting. Look at they have as their main play caller. Um, oh man, who did they have during the World Cup? I think they had Andrew Voss, didn't they? They had Andrew Voss for the first World Cup. I think he was contracted to Fox Sports for the last one. Okay. I'm not sure if he could go across or not. Um, I can't. I can't remember though, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they had. I know they had Jim Wilson and Renee Gardner as presenters, and they did a they did a bloody stellar job. So I, I wouldn't mind if they went back there again. See, um, I I disagree. I'd get rid of both of them. No, I I didn't mind them because I mean the one the one thing I found about them is they didn't sit there and and poo poo the game. It's all. It is kind of refreshing when they don't. You get people that are talking about the game that aren't shitting on it or constantly. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy for them to be retained for that purpose. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't remember who else could you get on there as a main play caller. Um. Oh, what about that bad actor who shouted every time nothing was going on and then went quiet when something exciting happened? Ah, uh, what was his name? He was in Riddick. Yeah. Jones's dad. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, an actor. Yeah, what's his name? Ah, oh, man, that's annoying. Matt something? Matt Nable. That's him. Yeah. Matt Nable. Have you, you ever that? seen... You haven't seen Riddick, obviously, have you? No. Pretty, well, he's bloody good in it. Is he? Yeah, like not... Does he, like, does he shout? Um, You know what? He plays a dude that... He plays like a bounty hunter... Uh, the leader of a bounty hunter group, and he kind of takes control. He doesn't take shit, and then there's a bit of a twist in it, a little bit of the way through. Uh, like he's properly good in it. Like uh, when you see him calling the games, you sort of think, "Man, it's he needs to go back to acting because he's." <laughs> and I say it respectfully, like um, he's he was really really good at that role. And if they did another like a Riddick movie, you kind of would... He's one of the few characters you'd be like, man, I hope he's back. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why he's missing. Possibly. Possibly. There you go. <laughs> that, that's it they could look at, I guess. Um, yeah, is there anything else that, that Samuel brought up? No, it was short and sweet, as they that's, say. The classics. As he is. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so the next one. <sighs> oh, well, should we do the... Uh, let's do Juliet's one last, because I'm a bit worried about Juliet's one, quite honestly. Okay. Uh, so we go one for, here from Nadine. Oh, the boss is it. Yeah, another Patreon one. Okay, so this, she sent two, actually. It's pretty cool. So the first one, she says, Hi, boys. Sending you an email because you told us to. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you were designing a new stadium, what are your must-haves for fans, media, corporate hospitality, and players slash officials? As we move into our second month of isolation, what are you missing about normal life? Keep up the good podcasting. All right. Well, for someone who grew up as a Balmain Tigers fan, mm-hmm. um, the first thing I'd be asking for in a new stadium would be flushing toilets. And you're asking for a lot, aren't you? <laughs> I think that's my, my first step. Second one is seating that you can sit in. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Seats, okay. Yeah. Like, get those seats that don't have white ants around them. That'd be a yep. great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, jeez. I don't know. I'm not a greedy man. I think that'd be that'd be enough for me. Um, maybe, maybe have a first of its kind podcasters only box. That sounds pretty good. Where would that be? That that's got to be like on halfway. Um, that can be any goddamn where we please. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. See, my seriously, my ideal stadium is just about Parramatta Stadium. Um, I would love a stadium that is basically that, but upsized to about 50,000. Something with a retractable roof would be nice to, uh, to you know, keep the weather out. Um, this is, Parramatta Stadium is the best stadium I've been to, to be honest. Because for me, when I go to the footy, it's about the... Um, it's about the viewing of it and the atmosphere and how close you feel to the game. And I've never experienced anything like Parramatta Stadium. The closest is probably Suncorp Stadium, um, which takes a lot of it. You know, Parramatta takes a lot of its cues from that. But, yeah, I'd, I'd probably just go Parramatta Stadium. I think it would be good if they added more parking there. Um, the media facilities I've been in at Parramatta Stadium, they're fantastic. I've actually gone into some of the corporate and hospitality facilities I'm over and shaking, you know. Fucking um, hell. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm bragging now. It's kind of I'll weird. Tell you what, I'm I'm honoured that you could have the time to come and, and join me on this podcast. Um, me being just a mere plebeian. <laughs> I'm kind of a big thing. Eh? I, I've um, never even seen a door to a corporate area at a football ground. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, <laughs> I was lucky enough during the um, New South Wales. Uh, cup green final last year to to go into the there's like this big bar area that they open up that's on the concourse and uh actually saw quite like barry o'farrell was there um who else i talked i was chatting with the uh the ceo of what if you know did baz shout your drink (laughs) (laughs) loved his wine it's really good um grange there was a bunch of people i saw there but but yeah, it was it was really nice, and it was re- the thing about it too. It, it didn't feel like you had to get through armed guards to get to it. It was just very chilled and and all that. And as I said, the media facilities are absolutely wonderful. The best one, best ones I've been to. Um, so yeah, I, I can't say enough about Parramatta Stadium. It's fantastic. Um, 
what was the oh what are we what are we missing about normal life? No football. Yeah, I'd say no footy and takeout. I'm missing takeout so bad. Yeah, look, that's the only thing I'm just missing is is the footy. Yeah, because um, it just means we've had to we've had to resort to our 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 B. <laughs> Our B list of podcasting episodes. And it's, <laughs> it's it's a worry when the footy does start up because we've just got to talk solely about footy because we've used up all the good gear already. Just football, yeah, yeah. I actually was wondering about that with uh, you know, all these you know, so called fucking rugby league personalities that are that they're basically not shutting the fuck up. Yeah, like Phil Gould, and uh, like they're just blowing their fucking load. Like, what will they talk about when the footy starts? They can't can't but go back and say, oh, my top five this and that. They've already done all of those things. Yeah, how bad has that been? So many lists. Oh, I'm sick of the fucking list. Like, I know I've got lists on my website, but can we just stop with the fucking lists, please? We might have to do an episode just of lists. Lists. Well, uh, Nick Tedeschi. I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, Nick Tedeschi? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. He was talking about he's doing a list of the worst lists. And I said, please, can we get you on the podcast when you finish that? And he said, I can't wait. So I'm giving him like a couple of weeks to sort that out. And he's a good man. Yeah, we're getting him on and we're going to talk about the worst list because some of them have been fucking atrocious. Nick got me my first rugby league writing job. Oh, really? Where was yeah. that at? Uh, it was for a sports betting agency. God, yeah. I can't remember the name of it now, but it was about five years ago. Yeah, oh, that's cool. We've yeah, I've, me and him have followed each other for wow, a really long time now. And uh, remember his site make was it making the nut or something? Yeah, yeah, nut, still, yeah. still got it. Yeah, yeah. He, so. He's got the the Willie M's where he ranks the uh, he gives you know three, two, and one points to the worst performing players of each game. Yeah, that you know year. what? That's one of those ideas that when he came up with it and he started doing it, I was like, God damn it, fuck. <laughs> You know, you know, when someone comes up with a great idea, and you're like, yeah. "Fuck, they did it! That's that's gone." <laughs> uh, I love his work. He pulls no punches. You either you either agree or disagree with him, but you can't you can't argue with the uh, the quality of the work that he puts out with with whatever point he makes. Yeah, yeah and he stands by it. Yeah, exactly. And not a lot of people do. No. And he doesn't, sit there and go on a, <laughs> he doesn't sit there and go on a blockathon either when people start disagreeing with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. so Nadine sent another one. She's gone with two of them. She did it two in a space of 10 minutes too. Which she, is, she is bored. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of impressed, you know. Um, so she said, okay, I thought of some more questions. You have the opportunity to get rid of... You have the opportunity to read the NRL landscape of one of the following journalists. Who do you choose and why? Oh, and only one. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, this. I'm looking at this list. It's difficult. Okay. Kent, Buzz, Crawley, Hood Ornament, Widler. All right. I'm going to say I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about Buzz. Yeah, he, he's going to die soon. Oh, <laughs> um, Kent is just um, loud mm-hmm. to the point where I don't think a lot of people are giving him too much. Um, 
I don't, I don't think people are paying as much interest in him anymore because he's he's just constantly in your face. Yeah, like three or four nights a week on the NRL plus his his article and he's on the radio. I think people are just getting tired of him. Yeah, Danny Widler is just ineffective. Yeah, and so I'd have to say James Hood ultimate because he's the one who comes out and just comes up with half a story and just blurts it out, doesn't bother doing the research, and when he gets found and proven repeatedly a lot of times that he's not done his work, he doesn't apologise for it. Mm-hmm. He just he just has his articles turn up as being Fox Sports writers. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a spineless, loudmouth moron. Um, I'd be happy for him to disappear. See, for me... I kind of agree about Paul Kent. It's like, whatever, you know, and I feel like that's what a lot of people say, you know. Yeah. Buzz, you know, what are you supposed to say? You, I, you I, can't argue with what I said, though, can you? No, no, no. I think you nailed it with most most of them. Crawley is just like a, a non-entity. Wow. Like, what He's are just you an gonna... echo. Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, a poor man's Paul Kent. Yeah. And I actually enjoy Hood Ornament because, I don't know, I find it entertaining on some level. I, I can't even explain why, but there's just this entertaining – I feel some sort of happiness in my chest, just the idea that he just, you know, he frowns when he talks 100% of the time. He just seems angry at the world. So but, for me, it would be Widler. Uh, Hood Ornament's bleating just makes my ears bleed. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. The problem um, is, if if we got rid of him, then we'd have half as much content to report on. That's true. <laughs> just, that'd be a concern. Yeah. She also says here, uh, favorite board or card game. Oh. Well, I mean, poker's always good. I, I like blackjack better than poker. Yeah. Well, there's there's less thinking in blackjack. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> fucking bastard! <laughs> you just went with that. Yeah, I know. Hang it's, on, it's true. It's true. I, um, I, I feel like you can play blackjack while you're drinking whiskey. Well, that's true. I think yeah. that's almost half of the course, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not actually playing blackjack until you're drinking whiskey. Yeah, exactly. Um, Uno, you know, whatever that one is. I used to like that when I was a kid, but I I couldn't tell you how to play it now. Um, yeah, what matching. about what about board games? Board games. Um, my missus loves kicking my ass in Trivial Pursuit. That's always entertaining. Yeah, after that episode, a few times back, fuck Trivial Pursuit. Um, <laughs> um, she also loves kicking my ass in Monopoly. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm just a bit. I'm just a bit dopey with it. <laughs> um, board games. I don't know. I tell you too. I liked. I don't know, mm-hmm. class, if it's... Imagine if it said Hungry, Hungry Hippos. Um, I, I liked uh, Guess Who. I thought that was always good because it was yeah. like... Uh, I don't know. It was like a test of your perception or something like why, that. Why haven't the NRL brought out a Guess Who game? Yeah, what the fuck? That would be... Am- I'd buy it in a second. Yeah. We could... I wonder if you and me could play Guess Who, a game of Guess Who. We should set up a Guess Who Championship. See what? what okay. See what? That's, that's the next episode organised. Yeah, yeah. What? Okay, I've got an idea here, all right? 
what if we do a guess who championship and it is and we have a tournament like a knockout tournament but it's different podcasters rugby league podcasters there we go we'll we'll have to get the same pictures yeah oh yeah we'll send them around to everyone the exact same one the exact same sort of guess who and we'll set it up and yeah let's sort that out that sounds like a plan yeah that'll be entertaining what could we give what if we what if we did a trophy right that the winner gets a trophy we'll send it to them yeah and it is the guess who trophy and it's a like a a little statue of say uh mitchell pierce playing for new south wales Sorry, got a bit sick in my mouth for a second there. Because I'm thinking it's got to be someone that's like, who was that? Oh, that's right, Mitchell Pearce. He was the halfback. Oh, that's right. Wayne Pearce had a son. Yeah. Um, I was thinking we could just get a random trophy, that the cheapest one we could find, which might be just someone playing croquet. <laughs> or like a golf trophy or something. A bowling yeah. trophy. Let's yeah. just fucking use a bowling trophy. <laughs> Something completely unrelated to what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We've got That's we've got a, we've got some shit to sort out then. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we'll do the we'll do the final live. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it on um YouTube live. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we'll get that sorted out. So yeah. Uh another board game I liked playing. I don't know if people will remember this one. There was an NBA board game that they used to have and uh i liked playing that and it sounds ridiculous but i guess it it kind of uh feeds into analytics on some level and the best player that you used to get would be del curry who is uh steph curry's dad Mm. and i liked him because he was an efficient three-point shooter there you go that's just remind me actually there was a game that i i used to have and i i think my mum found it in a garage sale or something yeah, and it was um, it was a nineteen eighties board game. It was a uh, Channel Nine's Wide World of Sports board game. Oh, really? Man, I fucking smashed that. I own that. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. I'm trying to think of any others that uh, jump out at me. Um, used to own a game called Party to Your Puke. Hmm. No. Yeah. Didn't know that one. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Well, there you go. Uh, go, out, go out and buy all of those, Nadine. You'll have hours of fun. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. Most of the fun will be spent trying to find the products, <laughs> not actually playing them. You know what? You know how you find, like, there's some weird things in life where if somebody said, what do you reckon about libraries these days? And, and most people would say, oh, they're probably dying off. And it's like, no, they're actually in really rude health. Never yeah, been better libraries. That's right. I wonder if board games are the same where you kind of think to yourself, oh, I bet, you know, with technology and stuff, they're not going great. But then you'd, I feel like you'd find out that the sales have been never been better and they're going through the roof and there's a bigger variety than ever. Oh, yeah. The makers of, like, chess boards are going off, going off their nuts right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So here's the, uh, the last email, and it's from Julie. Now, she has been really keen to hear this one. I'm really scared. She said it's a longer one. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm seeing... I see it's just a... You're seeing it's, words? It's, no, it's actually a picture. It's a... Oh, 
picture of a donkey. Yes, it's a picture <laughs> of a donkey, and it's a, also a picture of a woman drinking a a white frothy liquid out of a tall glass next to the donkey. Yep. Um, I don't know what this is supposed to mean. Do you know anything about this? Um, I think what Julie's trying to tell us is she's got some sort of weird, I won't say fetish. I think yeah. it's a strong word. Yeah. Um, desire's probably a bit strong too. Yep, yep. Um, let's, let's go with um, keen interest mm-hmm. um, in some extra animal activities. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm only assuming. I've got no idea. What Just the hell is she on about? I've got no idea. I don't know what this is supposed to mean. I mean, is this a threat? I don't know. It, Who's supposed to be threatened by it? The donkey? <laughs> I'm, I'm more confused than threatened. Yeah, same here. We should, uh, we should get her on and ask her to explain what this is all about. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. She just, she only says one word in this. It says, hey. So. Yeah. Hey, Julie. Hey, Julie. How you going? Hey. Now. Yeah. We have decided to take the NRL's offer up. Yes. This week they came out with a, uh, a really clever idea. Mm-hmm which was never going to get abused. Never. Where they said, you can send your favourite NRL player a letter. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And, they were, and if you, you know, there's a fair chance they will respond to it because what else are they going to do? They're stuck at home. Um, so we thought we could do our own letters mm-hmm. to NRL players. Mm-hmm. And we just put them on the podcast. Yeah, because... Obviously, NRL players are listening to this. Yeah, and there's heaps of NRL players we'd like to ask questions of and, you know, get their thoughts and opinions on not only football but life in general. Yeah, and let's be honest. We we did run a few of these uh, last night as a bit of a mm-hmm. test run, mm-hmm. and we didn't save any of these or any no. of those ones down, so... I, I don't know how this is going to go because we're going to be winging this. Yeah, so, but okay, so I'll go first. I think we, if we go sort of like for like, we'll see where we end up. So I'd, I'd kind of like to send a, uh, a, a an email or a, let's call it a, pay, a pen pal message, you know. Yeah. I'd like to send a letter to, um, to Blake Ferguson because I've got a bowling ball that one day I had a ring on my finger and the ring got stuck inside the, the hole in the bowling ball. So I'd like to send a letter that says, Hi, Blake. I'm, I just wondered if you could help me fish this ring out of the bowling ball hole. I've heard you're the man for the job. Thank you so much for the reply, League Freak. <laughs> That's off to a solid start. Yeah. Um, look, for those who don't know, I, I do have a, a job during the day. So I'm not stuck at home like a lot of people. But when weekends come by, I am stuck at home. Yeah. And so I do spend a bit of that time 
you know, on the old PS4. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's some games you come against that get a bit tricky. Mm-hmm. And this has led me to want to put a letter to uh, to Dylan Walker. Yeah. Um, so Dylan, when you're getting a bit frustrated with your, with your PlayStation 4 game, do you have any, like, cheats and stuff like that that you like to use to try and get around certain levels? Um, how do you how do you get around that frustration? Yeah, I've heard he takes his games a little bit too seriously. Hey, yeah, so I thought you know, he, he's, he's a genuine gamer, so he might be able to help out there. Yeah, um, you know, I I would like to send, and I don't know who I'm going to send it to, whether it's like uh, you know Bromwich or Proctor, and it's like dear. Who, who, to whom it may concern. Well, babe, why not both? Yeah. G'day, fellas. That's yeah. how I started off. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could help me acquire something in Canberra. I'm not sure where I could find it, but I feel like you two are the men for the job. Please get back to me ASAP. You're sincerely league freak. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 confident they'll be able to to assist with that one. Absolutely, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> I've got another one. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Okay, this is retired player. I would say, yeah. Um, dear Greg Bird, I'm looking for somebody to take the rap for something that I didn't actually do. Please get in touch with me. Uh, you might hear about it in the news. Thanks, League Freak. <laughs> That's always good. Um, I got one for Adam Elliott at the Bulldogs. Okay. Um, what what's your favourite um, what's your favourite songs for, to do karaoke and dancing to? <laughs> That'd be a good one, actually. It's, it's just you know you want to you got to have pass the time somehow and have a bit of fun. Yeah, it can't um, all be stirring beer. That's right. You've got to put the blinds down, obviously, for, for his style of uh, performance, but either, yeah. either still, you know. I, I've I've got one. Uh, Dear Matt Lodge. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is he a current player? No, uh, I'm, not, I'm not dissing that. It's just, you know, it, it's funny that someone's actually going to take the time to send Matt Lodge something. Yeah, well, there you go. Dear Matt Lodge, hope the knee's feeling better. I have a door at my house that is jammed, and I wondered if you could help me with it. Would it make it easier if I put a crying, screaming family the other side of it? Could you help me, please? Thank you very much, League Freak. Uh, I'm confident he's going to have an answer for you. Yeah, I feel like he will uh, be able to sort that out somehow. Absolutely. Um... I've got one for Curtis Scott. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you recommend any good walks around Sydney? What about this one? Dear Curtis Scott, I understand you like to break dance in front of police. Is this true? Please get back to me. Did they like your performance? <laughs> okay. Um, I've got one for George Williams. Okay. Oh, this will be a good one. Yeah, I'd just say, under or over six foot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Okay. Uh, what about... <laughs> okay. Uh... <laughs> Dear Jared Mullen, I'm considering becoming a courier. Can you help me on the on this journey through life? Yours sincerely, the glorious leg freak. Uh, this this is going well. I got one for Ash Taylor. Okay. No, I don't bugger him. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so we got. Oh, I I have one for um for Dally Cherry Evans. Yep. Okay. Dear Dally Cherry Evans. Behind the scenes, people keep saying that I'm an absolute cunt. I need to find a way to put on a brave face in public so that I don't come across as a cunt, despite all of the rumours. Can you help me with this, please? Thank you very much for your time. It's a very good one. Yeah. Um, I got one for Jaden Ockenball. <laughs> okay. Um, do you recommend any good babysitting services? Oh, Jesus. Oh, shit. Oh, man. That's a rough one. <laughs> okay, let me have a think. We we do have lawyers, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. Very high, high-profile, powerful ones. Um, uh, D. Greg Eastwood. How's things? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a bit random. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know what I want to say to him. Just how things. Yeah, just how I are. Why not? Hope you're keeping well. What's it like being paid 400 grand a year to play for Newtown? <laughs> He'd be the highest played Newtown player ever. In history, yeah, he probably would be, hey? That's pretty impressive. That, well, the highest-paid Newtown player that actually got paid. <laughs> <laughs> there were some pretty good good players that kind of didn't get paid at the end of the day oh, many years ago. Yeah, going back a bit there. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can find someone at my own club. Yeah. Um, oh, jeez. Dear Craig Gower. What do you have against Irish backpackers? <laughs> Is that all? Yeah, that's it. Nothing else. You don't want to go too much further with him. No, 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 no. Um, let's see. Dear Josh Reynolds, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go down that path. You think either? I know because I said one last night. You can you can have that one. Okay. Dear, dear Josh Reynolds, uh, let's see. Do you recommend any sturdy garden furniture? I see you've tested a few out on TV in the past. Is there any that you'd recommend? I've got no idea what you're talking about. Matt, there was footage of him after a Bulldogs game. I think he got simbined once. He was in the in the uh, dressing chairs. He was kicking the shit out of a whole of plastic chairs. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I've got one for him, too. Yeah, yeah. Dear Josh Reynolds... I'm going out with this fucking crazy bitch. And I don't know how the fuck to get out of this situation. Can you give me some advice? Thank you very much. The Glorious League Freak.
<laughs> um, dear Adam Blair, do you recommend any good pillows? Dear John Hopawate, I hope life is treating you very well. Can you give me any advice on how to make friends on a football field? <laughs> Regards, League Freak. I thought I was just going to go with, I've got this itch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't quite reach it. <laughs> no fucking way. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, dear James Graham, mm. can you sing that Lego song? What Lego song? <laughs> now you got to sing it. <laughs> I don't even know it. That's why I asked. You, that's why I'm asking James Graham to do it. Dear Jeremy Slosh, <laughs> I am in desperate need of a cobbler. It can fix a pair of shoes that I've had an accident with. Can you please let me know who you used? Yours sincerely, the glorious leg freak. Dear Jeremy Schloss, can you recommend any good dry cleaners? Dear Jeremy Schloss, I understand you're into organic composting. Sweet. That's all I wanted to say. That's all you wanted to say. Thanks very much, the leg freak. Um, Dear James Roberts, I'm planning on going out and getting myself absolutely shit-faced when this coronavirus ends. How many people should I have my entourage to help carry me out? Oh, Jesus. Hmm. Okay. Now, now I'm, I've got to, I've got to think now. Where, where, what's next? I've got another one. Okay, go on. Uh, dear Latrell Mitchell, how much does your Mercedes cost? <laughs> dear, dear Latrell Mitchell, my car currently has a flat battery. Do you know anyone that can lend me a Mercedes between ninety and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars just for a while? <laughs> yeah. Till I get it charged up. It could take a few months. Yeah, yeah. Um Dear Damien Cook. Ooh. I heard a rumor that you can run really fast on the beach. Is this true? <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, ooh. Uh, man. Now I really got to think, hey. This isn't good. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Dear Cameron Smith. What is it like to wake up on a morning and the sun is shining through the window and the first thing you see is the sun shining off Barb's ring? I just want to know. Just want to know. Regards, Dos Glorious League Freak. Um, I've, I've got one for Cameron Smith. Yes. Do you have hair? <laughs> Do you need caffeine for your hair? What's some other ones? Um, Do Ryan Madison. Okay. Oh, shit. 
I feel like this is going to get nasty. <laughs> no, no. Dear Ryan Madison, I've got this issue with, with, with my tear ducts. They're a bit blocked up. What do you recommend I do to try and get the, uh, the fluids flowing and clear them out a bit? That's a pretty good one. <laughs> um, okay. What about uh, Dear Darius Boyd? Was it better to not talk to anyone or for them to realise that you can't really say too much too well? Uh, let's see what we got here. Jeez. Ah, um... Dear Anthony Seabold. <laughs> what season will you be turning up on the Real Housewives of Sydney. That seems like the sort of show you'd really thrive on. (laughs) Dear Craig Bellamy, when was the last time you didn't swear during a game of football? (laughs) I'm generally curious. Mm. Um, Okay. (sighs) Okay, we've got a... Dear... Quaid Cooper. Why do you think anyone cares? <laughs> Regards, League Freak. Um, dear Callum Watkins. Oh, shit. Uh, well done. Just well done, seriously. Um, the, the fact you managed to get an NRL contract. Got a career out here. Mate, well done. Just want to give him a bit of praise. Yeah. Yeah, he deserves it. Yeah. Like, I want to know what it's like to have a holiday on the Gold Coast as well. Exactly. Um, Dear Bryce Cartwright, (laughs) how comfortable do you feel knowing there's a national pandemic going on and you're an (laughs) anti-vaxxer? Just curious. Dear Bryce Cartwright, have you sought out herd immunity? (laughs) Fuck wit. (laughs) I wonder if he's I wonder if he's panicking just a little bit. It's funny how all that sort of shit died down, hey? Like mm. all those anti vaxxers and stuff. They really found a way to shut the fuck up when yeah. uh it it turned out they were gonna have to put their money where their mouth was. Yes. Which is quite funny. Yeah. Um Oh, who else we got? It's too many players. Yeah. We're trying to send letters to all of them. Yeah, well, we have a lot of letters to send to them, you know. We do. We need we need an official letter writer. <laughs> That'd be pretty handy. What about dear Luke Brooks? What's it like to know that you probably left around a million bucks on the table to make sure your friends could all go and play for other clubs? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Brooksy. I know, right? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Dear David Fafita, not have any good drinking spots in Bali? <laughs> you put the same question to a few people, couldn't you? Yeah, you know. Or, or, who the fuck wants to go to Bali? It's, it's like Bogan Mecca. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I could not think of anywhere that I, I don't want to go to... Oh. More than fucking barley. When the locals there, 
hates tourists from this country. Yeah. That tells you the type of people from this country that go there. Yeah. And yet people still want to go. I don't get it. It's very weird. I, I don't want to go on a holiday to somewhere where there's the worst type of Australians there. That That's not a holiday. That's punishment. Speaking of which... <clears throat> Dear Cocaine Cassie, congratulations on your recent release. How long before you get on a webcam somewhere doing <laughs> bullshit again? Well, that took a... Uh, that went on a tangent. Yeah, I know. I'm, sorry. Um, I'm sure the NRL can get her an email. Yeah, I'm sure they can. Uh, dear Tim Simona. Oh, jeez. I'm trying to raise some money for charity. Can you help? Oh, man. <laughs> Okay. Um, hmm. I feel like there's a good one we talked about last night that we're missing out on. Huh? Oh, the ones last night were not good for air. Yeah, there were some really bad ones. Yeah. Uh, uh, dear uh, local Lewis, what's it like having a fa- famous footballing dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> must, not that one before. That must be weird for him. I bet it was good fun, though, too. Um, man, I think I, I've almost ran out of them, hey? Yeah, I think we're pretty much done. Yeah. Should we yeah. check out what's new in the news? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's let's have a look. Cause, uh, we've, there was... we've, we've exhausted that avenue of entertainment. Yeah, that was good fun, though. Um, so yesterday there was news that Channel 10 does not want to bid for the NRL rights if they become available, which it doesn't look like they're going to become available um, for this year anyway, which is interesting. Yeah, although Channel 7 seems pretty keen to keep an eye on developments and there's been suggestions that they they are somewhat interested in um, taking over the rights this year if if Channel 9 decides they don't want to. And I feel that if that was to go on, Channel 7 would do their utmost best to produce the best product possible mm-hmm. to stop Channel 9 from getting it back. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. I think that, look, if I had to guess what was going to happen, I would guess that the, I mean, obviously this year's a bit different, but I think the TV deal just runs its course. I don't think there's any renegotiation and that then they go into the, the next TV deal and I think it'll look a little bit different. Uh, I think that Channel Nine's going to have to really come to the table if they want the rugby league rights. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, just looking on the NRL website. Yeah. On their on their featured page, they've got this seven minute video. Yeah. Um, Josh Reynolds reveals the struggle of living in isolation. Um, I just like to say, Josh, I dare say it's a lot easier now than what it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Jeez. Man. <laughs> Man, yeah, that poor bugger. I feel so sorry for him, hey. Yeah, that was that was just horrible, just terrible. Um, what do you think of all this talk? Because it came out today that, and I don't know how true it is, but it's come out today that Maguire had some talks that he might want Quade Cooper to go and play for the Tigers, <laughs> which means. Quade Cooper's probably not going to play for the Tigers because that's how it works at the Tigers. Yeah. But what did you think as a Tigers fan? I instantly thought 
Um, I don't know what they're going to do with him because I'm pretty sure the Western Suburbs Magpies New South Wales Cup team already has good halves. <laughs> I don't know who they are, but I'm yeah. confident that they're better than Quay Cooper. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I just was mind blowing to me. Like, where would they expect to play him in his first rugby league or his first NRL games? Where are they going to play him in that side? I like. I know the West Tigers aren't flush with talent. But I just don't know what they would expect to do with him. He doesn't exactly plug a gap. No. And he's just turned 32. Yeah. It's It's very strange. It's not like when Matt Rogers came back to the game around the same age. Matt Rogers was a former rugby league player. Mm. He knew how to play the game. Mm. And he knew how to, to defend. Craig Cooper's not played the game before. Um... His defence is... Uh, it's not up to scratch in Rugby Union where, you, as a as a half, you can get hidden a little bit because of the two extra players on the field. Yeah. You can hide behind forwards a little bit better there than you can in Rugby League. You, you'll be a little bit more exposed in league. Uh, he'd just be a target for other teams' attacks. And they'd run at him so much that he'd be so buggered that he'd have nothing in the tank for attack in the second half of the game. So I can't see how he would be of any value to any rugby league team. Do you remember when uh, Gareth Thomas switched from rugby union to rugby league? Uh, I remember when it happened. I, did, I never saw him play, though. Uh, well, the first time he got involved in the play, he got knocked absolutely senseless. And the second time he got involved in the play, he got knocked absolutely senseless again to the point where it was like, somebody needs to worry about this dude's, like, health um it didn't last long you know he gave it a go he was a fairly old player by then um he gave it a go which is you know something that a lot of players haven't done um i I just don't see any upside for an nrl club doing it i can see an upside in getting an israel fallout because i mean there's a, a number of positions i could see where he could help most teams, quite honestly. I mean, I imagine if he was playing on the West Tigers or um, the Bulldogs. I mean, there's a bunch of teams he could play for. Um, Sonny Bill Williams. I don't I, know. See, I, I had my reservations know. about signing Sonny Bill Williams yeah. at the Toronto Wolfpack. And yeah. from what we saw of him in the first few rounds, um, I, I saw some of his performances and... He's he's dropped off a long way. Yeah. And I can't see how he's going to get that much better given his age. Um, yeah. It, it's it's a bit disappointing, to be honest, especially the amount of money they've pumped into him. Sure, he's given him huge amounts of value off the field mm-hmm. in interest and stuff. Yeah. But after seeing his performances on the field, that off the field stuff is going to be hard to help, you know, keep that interest in there when the performance isn't inspiring people to come and watch him play. Yeah, and I, I think the weird thing too is that with what happened with the season starting up, he like he didn't start up great and then the season stopped. Um I I think that I can I can see look if they've got the money to spend on it, right? And they obviously do. Their owner is a billionaire. 
Um, so it's it's like chicken feed that the money is actually spending on it. And it's a he's a marquee player, so they were able to spend however much they wanted on him. And good luck to them if it's a, a good marketing deal. And fair enough. But I I wonder how much of the marketing momentum the steam gets taken out of it by the season being shut down. I haven't seen any talk at all about the Super League st- season restarting anytime soon. Um, the the coronavirus is a very different beast over in the UK. They're oh, yeah. having a really, really terrible time with it over there. I don't, I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't play any football this year. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that all pans out. If I was an NRL club, I just don't see where you would get uh, Sonny Bill in there unless you were doing it for marketing purposes once again. And, like, marketing for what? There's not going to be any any fans at the games. And it doesn't matter what games are being played on TV. Everyone's going to be watching anyway. So I don't think you get anything out of it in terms of marketing. Whereas with someone like Israel Flower, I think you get an on-field performance out of him that does add to the team and is worth having a shot with. But then you've got to get the uh, NRL to sign off on his contract. And I... I'd be kind of surprised if they did a backflip on that. I know that Peter Beattie's not there anymore, um, and he was kind of the the main reason they didn't sign him at the end of the day, but um, or didn't allow him to to register a contract. But I, I just find it hard that the to see the NRL backflipping that quickly. Yeah. Um, there is some news out of England about the. The English, the Great Britain slash England Test team, mm-hmm. they've made a few changes to their their coaching structure. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. They brought in uh, some greats. Yeah, so Kevin, I assume Kevin Sinfield's now out. Yes, he stepped down in January. Um, he had a really good run though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That won't that won't go on his CV. No, no. Um, Paul Wellens. Um, he's moved on to the St. Helens coaching staff since ending his outstanding playing career. And I think he's now been brought in as, uh, is, is that Kevin Sinfield's replacement? I'm, I'm trying to figure out how this article works and what job he has. It's not really clear. Well, Kevin Sinfield from memory was like the, I think he was like the director of rugby or something. So he was like overseeing everything and did a fantastic job as the director of rugby. I mean, fuck, you know, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse. Um, I feel like Paul Wellens is coming in in an assistant coaching role with Sean Wayne. Um, they were talk. I saw an interview with Sean Wayne where he said that he's kind of hopeful that we do have the Ashes series at the end of the year. I don't. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think I actually heard today that there was talk that uh, at the end of the whatever NRL season we have, that's when they'll look to play State of Origin, a really quick State of Origin series. So I, I think that uh, I just can't see that that Ashes series going ahead. Can no, you? No. If if we're going to have a season that goes beyond October, yeah, then there's no chance in hell we're doing any tour to England. Unfortunately, no. Um, Trust me, I'd love nothing more than than to see that, and have been wanting to see that since, you know, nineteen ninety eight when we're supposed to have the next proper tour, mm-hmm. and we genuinely haven't had a decent tour of England since ninety four. 
Yeah, a proper yeah. one, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really want to see that, but I just can't see there's going to be enough time to do that because I assume... I assume the NRL season might start a week earlier next year because there's a World Cup at the end of next season. Is that right? Yeah, there is. Um, I don't know. Look, I, I, I spoke to somebody that works at a club and they said that right now the biggest concern that the clubs have in terms of their, not so much the higher administration and all that, but the the general workers at clubs and stuff, they're trying to work out now what happens with the end of this year because the clubs really do use the time at the end of the year and going into the following season to do a lot of stuff that is probably uh, taken for granted a little bit. And they don't know how that's going to pan out and how it affects their timetables and things like that. Um, a lot of like season tickets are sold before Christmas and if the this season that we're in right that we're going to start up again right now runs too late, that's going to affect how they market the season tickets for next year. They still don't know what they're going to do with season tickets this year, how they're going to do refunds and or if they're going to give credits and things like that. All of that's right up in the air still right now. So I think that uh, I mean I wouldn't be shocked if clubs and, and the NRL and all that decided to play next season a little bit later if anything rather than earlier and that i mean how that like their world cup is going to be played at this stage um you know i can't imagine this i think you'd have to get to this time next year and it's all being locked down or the uk still be going through a terrible well that's that's the thing what happens if this time next year like australia is pretty much you know clear of coronavirus yeah but it's still huge in europe does the world cup go ahead and if so there's no way knowing they have it in england can you imagine the hit that's going to take to the rlif coffers if they have to have a rugby league world cup in front of no fans see then i would be looking at your alternatives obviously australia and the thing that worries me is we're coming into flu season and, and what happens then. The other thing that worries me is, like, if we manage to wait it out and basically wait the, you know, we get everybody that's actively got it gets over it and we're not bringing any new cases in and our cases just stop. Yeah. And we're on lockdown for a couple of weeks and we've basically eradicated it in Australia for all intents and purposes. Um. If because we've only had a very small portion of the population get it, we're right for it hitting us again, and we would have to keep international travel locked out. And how long is that going to go for? You know, and that's what worries me. And that's where Australia's been fantastic. New Zealand's been very good as well, and they're two places I think you could look at playing the World Cup. But I think you would be hoping that. We, our countries kind of need a vaccine. I think at the moment that's what they're working on. So I think the, the lockdowns are pretty much buying time because if we can reduce the number of um, you know, people getting infected and just slow that process down an awful lot, of, it buys the vaccine makers an awful lot of time to get it out there, I guess, and mass produce it and send it around the globe to try and end this thing. But that's if they can make it. Like there's no vaccine for SARS. No. And, like, if they can't make one, I just, 
I think I, at this stage, all they're going to work on is making sure that if people have got it, they don't die from it. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if you can call that a vaccine. It's more of a, a weakening of the intensity of it. Yeah, or hoping. And look, I I heard on a podcast about a month ago that there's when you get strains of of flus that are like from a pan, at a pandemic level that are really bad the first one is really really bad and all of the strains after that tend to be uh you know less severe and they tend to overtake the bad one and and almost replace it um maybe we'll get to that point where you know you get you know this this virus and you know, but it's a, it doesn't have the same severe effect this one does currently. This this strain does, um, but who who knows? Like that's the weird thing about right now is you can't you can't really plan for a month from now. You can't plan for me for a year from now. Um, it's a very strange moment. Yeah. Um, in some positive news. Yeah. Um, Mossy Masoi who had a career-ending spinal injury back in January. Yep. Um, looks like he's he's um, he's taken his first steps again. Oh, wow, that's amazing. There's a video about a, a brief interview that he gave on Sky Sports mm-hmm. over on the uh, Super League website. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole time he's sitting up in a chair and talking and moving his arms, and he looks, he looks really, really happy. Wow. Um, so... Great news that one there. Yeah. The other one was um, was Jansen Turgett, who had that horrible fall last year. Oh, was he was uh, he was it was like a weekend away or something, and he he uh, didn't he get get into a coma or something like that. Yeah. And he was stuck in another country. Yeah, it was in Ibiza. Yeah, and he fell out of a car park. It was one of those high-rise high ones. Okay. Um, and there was an article which came out in January this year mm-hmm. where apparently he said that the the fall from an Ibiza car park was actually an attempt to end his own life. Oh, man. But um, the amount of support he got and stuff like that has actually helped to change his uh, mindset on all of that. Yeah. Um, he said he he broke his pelvis in half. He <gasps> fractured his L one, L two, L three, L four, and L five on his spine, and he broke pretty much every bone in his face. Oh man. Um. He acknowledged how moving to Salford away from the support of his friends and family in Hull led him to turn to drugs. Mm-hmm. And he said that's when everything sort of started going down for him. Um. But. He's out of hospital now. Wow, well, that's fantastic news. And, you know, hopefully he's got a really good support network around him and he's in a much better place. Yeah, it sounds like he really is. Um, yeah. he's, you know, he feels like he's been given a second chance. So that that's a, a good sign from him. Yeah. Um, he's a pretty honest player, so I wouldn't mind um, seeing him involved in the game as well in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I can't see that he'd be returning after those those injuries, so might be into coaching or something like that. Yeah, it's, um, it's uh, a man, a, a broken, a, your pelvis broken in half. I mean, that he's lucky he survived just that alone, let alone yeah. all the other injuries he had. Wow. Um, so, yeah, he's still still in recovery. I mean, that's going to take 
That's going to take most of his life to recover from that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's good to see that those two blokes who had pretty horrible injuries are on the mend. Yeah, that is great news, yeah. Because, man, they could have gone hell what worse. Yeah, definitely. Um, some news this week, too, about uh, the Queensland Premier isn't keen to have State of Origin games played in Queensland. And there was a lot of... Um, I don't know, a lot of hype around this news. It was very strange because we're going to be playing State of Origin games in front of no fans anyway, unless they do push it to the end of the year and for whatever reason quarantine is unlocked, then I guess there there might be Origin games in front of fans. But uh, if we play it at the uh, about the normal time or close to it in the season, like if we played in the middle of whatever smaller season we have, we're not going to be playing in front of fans, so it doesn't really matter where it's played. Um, yeah, but there was a lot, a lot made of it, which I found kind of strange. Yeah, it's it's all very weird. Um, shall we do a quick whip around the uh, the media and find out what sort of gibberish, gibbering garbage is on there at the moment? Yeah, why not? We uh, we owe everyone a much longer episode because we've uh, we were supposed to put one out last night and we had something in mind <laughs> and we went down that bloody rabbit hole. Wow, um, ridiculous! Yeah, we we should probably just reveal it. I guess we 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 thought we'd do a we weren't going to too much detail, but we wanted to do a a team of the decade from Australia and have them come up against a team from the same decade that would be the rest of the world mm. and discuss who would win and, and the merits of that. And then we decided to look at the team for the previous decade for Australia as well and then the team for Australia for the decade before that and then one for the decade before that and one for the decade before that and then it got to 2.30 in the morning where we better go to fucking bed. <laughs> yeah. And it was crazy, like, uh, like we're ready to rock and roll. And I, I can't, uh, who was the player? There was a player, there was, a, there was like two or three players and we're like, uh, I guess they sort of fit into the previous decade. I wonder how that team would look. Hmm. And then it just kept happening again and again and again. Yeah. We just couldn't help ourselves. You know, that's that's pretty much our entire podcast, though, eh? Pretty much. We we wasted, I mean, that was two and a half hours. We, yeah. We could have recorded that for you all. We went, no, we'll, we'll keep it <laughs> for ourselves. Um, here we go. Arabella Del Busso has revealed she helped a couple start a family by donating eggs. Oh, nice. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't care. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, sweetheart, but uh, your days of trying to fix your image of a good PR, long gone. Done, yeah. Um, um, I, I just, I've got one here. Uh, Phil Gould has said he's uh, top five New South Wales state of origin all time, plays of all time. Um, he said Laurie Daly. I think what he said was the best player of all time for New South Wales. Laurie Daly, Brad Fitlark, Glenn Lazarus, Andrew Johns, and Steve Mortimer were his five greatest New South Wales origin players. What do you think about that? 
Hmm. I don't mind four of them. I I think this is going to be a bit um, controversial, I guess, but mm-hmm. I think Steve Mortimer is more of a, a, a tokenistic one because he, you know, he led New South Wales to their first Origin Series win. Yeah, but to me, if that if that's a basis, like a strong part of the basis for including him, then why is Paul Gallon not on the list? And so- I'm, not, I'm not saying he should be. I just think that there are other players who should have been there ahead of Mortimer. Um, yeah. Steve Roach, Paul Theron, and Andrew Reddinghausen, mm-hmm. Wayne Pierce, Bradley Clyde. Tim Brasher. Tim Brasher. I was trying not to go there. Ah, he, look, he deserves to be there. He does. Um, Ricky Stewart. Yep. Um, you know. Jeff Toovey. Yeah. Paul like Harrigan. A, yeah, Paul Harrigan. There's a whole, whole heap of them that... You know, really top of the line, never... And I'm not saying that Steve Mortimer ever let New South Wales down, but um, I think players that were, you you could honestly say, were probably better overall players, uh, bigger stars and things like that. Um, I I agree with you. I I think that uh, taking nothing away from what Steve Mortimer did, but I, I feel like... Sometimes I feel like it's a bit unfair when... Um, you see lists like this, it's unfair to sometimes some of the players that get put in them because when you're looking at lists like this, you're taking the cream of the crop. Like, And we said this before the podcast, if if you say Steve Mortimer is in the top 30 greatest New South Wales state of origin players, that is like the elite of the elite of the elite in, in the game over the course of the last 30 to 40 years. Yeah. You know, it's not like saying he's a bad player, but then you get to this, when you get to the very pointy end of it, like you, you start looking at things like, well, Andrew Johns didn't always play halfback. And it, that's the, they're the sort of nitpicky mm. things you're looking at. And, you know, sometimes I think it's unfair to, to some of the players that get put in these lists because they do get, they do get, you know, hacked away at a little bit because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of lists, mm-hmm. should we? No, there's... How many lists are there going around at the moment? Just, yeah, that there needs to be some sort of moratorium on rugby league lists. And I say that as somebody that has quite a few lists on my website. Uh, I think the last one was uh, Emma huh. did the... 15 sexiest rugby league players on uh, leagefreak.com. You can still say that. That gets hits every single day, hey? There you go. Like, I'm not like every but, single but, day without fail. That's at least unique. Yeah, I guess it is. It's. But, I mean, it's, it's been an absolute listathon. We should do an episode of lists. <laughs> we will. We will. <laughs> we're we're going to get a special guest to look at lists. Lists. Ah, uh, yeah. What what could you do a list on that hasn't already had a list done on it? Oh, you know, you know the weird thing about all these lists in the NRL era. I was texting, I was tweeting about this today. What the fuck is in the NRL era? Why the NRL era? Well, they're talking. I assume since '98 because that's when most people have seen the game being played. But I like people saw the game being played before that too. Like, what? Yes. I, I, I can get. Right, I can get 
if it's the last, say, 30 years. Because you're, you're trying to get everyone that's, say, I don't know, 20 fucking three and under or something involved. Or I can see 40. I can see even 50. But the NRL era, like, why is that the line? That's just, to me, sounds seems bloody stupid. Yeah. As, as someone who spends a lot of time, more than most people, looking at the history of the game, it irritates me to no end that players are considered more worthy of, you know, great honours and, you know, immortal status and stuff like that, for example, purely because people have seen them play on video or TV or something like that, then, you know, the huge volumes of amazing press and anecdotes and um, news reports and match reports and stuff like that of the feats of players pre-war. And so... Everyone, everyone seems to prefer, um, you know, what they've seen exclusively on TV. And the problem with that is it, it'll always cut out at least 70-odd years' worth of great players. Yeah. It, it makes it hard to have a discussion about the greatest players in any list of any nature when people are putting such a massive parameter on it like that. Yeah, and... It's not like these things weren't documented thoroughly. You know, we've got plenty of accounts and witnesses and different opinions, different points of view of all of the the games in Australian Rugby League, especially um, since 1908 going forward. And I, I, I just don't understand why if... And part of me feels like it comes down to laziness because if you look into it, you can read about what the players, you know, more than a hundred years ago were doing and you can look at their achievements and you can, you know, you can look at the progress of their careers and the results that they got and all sorts of things. You can read their quotes. It's not like we don't have any of this stuff that there's no, um, you know, there's no blind spot in the game's history. And But because there's, you know, a, a lot of the time I wonder if it just comes down to, well, we have the rights for these things so we can show some footage. And I feel like a lot of that, I mean, I watched uh, a couple of weeks ago, Channel 9, because they can't show live games, they're showing like they, at one point, they were doing the greatest 10 grand finals of all time. And I saw the second show of that, so I only saw five of them. Like, the oldest one was from the 90s. I think it was 97 was their mm. oldest one. Every other one was in the 2000s. It's like, are they are they kidding? There's a whole there's a whole massive part of rugby league history that they're not taking into account at all. It was very weird. Yeah, I think one thing that Fox Sports needs to know when they decide to do, um, you know, replays of old games, mm-hmm. people want to see the game being played in a different way. Predominantly, that's what it is. It's not even about watching your own team play. They want to see a game played under completely different rules that were in place and to the ones that are in now. They want to see past greats playing the game. They don't want to see stuff from 10 years ago or 15 years ago. You've got to go back to when things were a lot more different. And I'm talking, you know, 
early 1990s, just after the 10-meter rule came in and we started getting the salary cap in. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, so into the 80s, a lot of games from the 80s would be much more fascinating, seeing how back lines worked with the 5-meter rule. Because yeah. right now, when you watch when you watch rugby league, back lines don't sit back too far. It's very flat, both yeah. sides. Yeah. But you watch it, you compare it to a game from the 80s, and that back line would be staged so deep. Like the the ball carrier would be, you know, could be standing on the twenty meter line, and the back line could go all the way to about the, you know, five meters inside the half. Yeah, yeah, and it stays that far back. It was insane. Yeah, but it was normal at the time. It's like it's not like that was a tactic that one team used. It was like that's how you got your space. Um, Yeah, I I agree. The other thing I find weird is. when they put on greatest games and it's like, oh, this round four finish in 2002 was fantastic. It's like, who the fuck is thinking about that great round four game in 2002? Like, to me, greatest games have a lot on the line and it's more than two points. And so that's like finals games and and grand finals and test matches and origins. And I understand you can have regular season games that are pretty cool, but... Unless you're winning, unless it's, you know, everything's on the line, I just feel as though they're not really great games. What do you think about that? Do you do you agree or disagree with that? Look, as as a... I, I, I tend to agree because I think me, I, I want to learn more about the past of the game as well because, you know, I haven't been around that long really compared to the, the, the game itself. Yeah. So I want to see as much as I can and learn as much as I can about past players before I was started watching the, the game being played. Yeah. Um, I've seen the stuff that happened in the nineties. There's only one game I want to see from 1990 till now. Only one game I want to see again. And that was in 1993 when Balmain and Canberra had a 32 all draw. Cause that and Canberra what... team was ridiculous. Yeah. And they should have put about 90,000 points on Balmain. And Balmain came from behind in the back half of the match to, to get a draw. And the reason why I bring that one up is you often hear people talk about draws and how, oh, no one's a winner. Mm-hmm. They say, watch the end of that game and tell me that Balmain weren't happy about getting a draw. It was a phenomenal match. See, for me, the, the one game I would like to see that I haven't seen since it was played, I believe it was 1998. I'm sure it was 1998, um, and it was North Sydney versus Parramatta, and North Sydney were just, they were all set up. They'd had a great season. They were a very good team, very well balanced, and they come up against a Parramatta side that had Jim Dimmick, Dean Pay, uh, Jared McCracken, and the Parramatta Eels bashed the shit out of this North Sydney team, completely fucked up Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor's nose was smashed. And it was it was the first time I feel, I feel like I really saw one team just say, like, these guys might... These guys had... It was like the, a team with a silver spoon come up against a team that was just like, let's just fucking bash these guys and see what they're really made of. And North Sydney were never the same after that like as a club as players that like it was just never the same after that for norths i'm pretty sure it was 1998 um i would like to see that game again and look the game wasn't wouldn't be a classic and you might watch it now and 
and it might be missing something because you're missing what was happening building up to that moment. But, uh, but yeah, I would like to see that game again. Cool. There's one game I don't want to see. Yeah. And it did have a close finish. Yeah. And I think it was West Tigers versus Parramatta. Mm-hmm. I've got a feeling the Tigers won 33-32, mm-hmm. but they led 33-6 to with less than 10 minutes to go in the game. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, shit. Man. That's crazy. That's one of those times when the, the post-match presses yeah. <laughs> were so the wrong way around because... The West Tigers coach, I think it might have been Tim Sheens, mm-hmm. he looked utterly dejected with getting the win. Yeah. And the Parramatta coach was absolutely thrilled about the fact that they almost got a win. Yeah, it's weird when you... you it's not doesn't happen often, but it is strange when you see that happen, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah that, was, that was amazing. Don't want to see that again, though. No. But like you and me, we watched uh, a grand final from the 70s last year. I uh, just I don't I can't even remember how we started watching that, and there was so much of it that we were interested in, and it was because it was different to what we're used to, and I that's why I like seeing some of the test matches that they show on Fox Sports every so often that like just random ones you know from yeah. the seventies and things like that because not only do you get to see players that you haven't really seen before for the most part, but you get to see the way they played and. I, the thing for me that I love seeing is um, players in those old games that do something that you think, ooh, that's modern. Yeah. Yeah, that that's always pretty fascinating. Tell you what, there's something I would like to see. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, people know of the the 1982 Kangaroo Tourists, the, you know, and the 1986 Kangaroo Tourists. You know, they both went through the whole tour undefeated. They were the only two tours to do that. Yeah. And Australia were pretty dominant in the 70s, mid to late 70s as well. Yeah. They did lose two tests in 1978, though, to France. I'd Mm. like to see those games. That would be really interesting. That would be really, really interesting. um, I think back in the the late 70s, the French just had a massive forward pack, and they just just ground the game down. It'd be interesting to see what their style of play was then, because prior to that, I'd I'd, I'd love to see games from the 50s with France in there because mm-hmm. they were just exciting, an exciting team back then. Um, it's hard to think that from, from 1953 to 1956, they played six tests against Australia and Australia only won once. Think of the players Australia had in their side in that in that oh, period. Like some of the best of all time. Yeah. So it's it's... That's what I want to see. I don't care who who wins these games, but I want to see, I want to see these greats of the game playing at their peak, and that would be that. I want to see the French, the French team from the mid fifties. I always love seeing France play. I, I you know, it's changed a little bit recently. I think they're more forward oriented, but uh, I, I love seeing them with their backline players and stuff like that because they really seem to get it. They just get rugby league and how it should be played. Remember last year when we were watching um, the some of the World Cup qualifiers and we saw like a team like Spain who had this really different style of play and they knew they couldn't match other teams in the forwards, so they really threw it around. They had a pretty handy halfback, actually. Um, 
I love seeing things like that where you see a very different styles. That's why I like seeing PNG play because PNG has a really specific style of play. Um, you know, it's always interesting when you see those contrasting styles. Yeah, certainly is. Oh, sorry, just been distracted by an email there. Oh, really? Is it a good one? Was... No. Well, oh. is it about that subject you were telling me about uh, before the podcast? Mm, yeah, they've moved on to halfbacks. Okay. <laughs> and there's none from before 1970. Okay. <sighs> wow. Wow. Anyway, okay. I think there might be, actually there might be one there. That's still not good enough. Oh, man, I can't wait until the post-podcast podcast, which we won't record. <laughs> Especially when you see the names in there. Fucking hell. Oh, I can't wait. This is going to be good. Anyways. We're waiting until it's all done, aren't we? And then we're we gonna... are. Yeah. We are. And then we'll pull it apart. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, we should get into that quickly. So, anything else we need to get done? I don't, there's been no more comments. People, get onto your podcasting program, What's in Me Do That Thing of Me, and leave comments for us with five star reviews and stuff so we can read them out. Yeah, we're looking for, uh, basically, if you leave a five-star review and make it a positive comment, but you can say positively anything you want, and we will read it out. We love your comments. They're fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, just see how creative you can become with it. Exactly. And, yeah, we'll put them up on the website. You know, you'll get plenty of love for it. Yeah. As you should. Exactly. Exactly. Um, also, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, we need a heap of subscribers on there, so that'd be cool. Just go in there and click on a button, and you use an email address you don't plan on using. That way, you won't get bombarded by spam. And every time we put up an episode, every three hours, <laughs> you know, we've, we've, we're starting to get a following. It's interesting. The followings that we are getting on YouTube uh, are, are growing, and the ones that we're getting on the Facebook page, and even the the uh, twitter page i mean we're almost at 400 followers now which is pretty cool yeah it's going very well yeah um we've got a big social media network haven't we we have yeah we're pretty lucky in that sense talking uh, ourselves up a bit here yeah we are <laughs> you know what people need to go to patreon.com forward slash rl project and become a patreon to Andrew here because he wants to become a full-time rugby league historian and you can make that happen. And can you imagine all of the cool things that Andrew can be producing for the game of rugby league if he's doing it full-time? So go there, check it out, give whatever you can give. It's all worth it. It's all fantastic. Andrew deserves your support. Go and do it. Thanks, mate. No worries. Okay, I'll plug your one too. <laughs> this is where you should go like, okay, go to, go to League Freak's on, I guess. <laughs> League Freak does have his own Patreon account. There's only a new one. But uh, yeah, get over there to uh, patreon.com slash League Freak. Um, and he's got a few tiers. So he's actually gone, gone to a bit of effort to set up tiers and stuff. Um, I didn't bother with that. So... <laughs> Get in there, give, give the bloke some coin so he can keep producing his content, which other people like to rip off. I mean, that's what we do. Yeah. Um, 
it, it all goes towards the website and uh, podcasting equipment. I actually bought a, a, a arm for my uh, a retractable arm for my uh, microphone. It arrived today. It was only cheap one. It was only I think I spent twenty seven bucks on it, but it's fantastic. Does the job. It's not like I'm going out and buying ridiculous shit with it. So, uh, but yeah, just it, it all goes towards that. You know, if, if you donate enough money, you'll be able to hire a better co-host. Nah, as Th- if. Think of that, people. No way. No way. <laughs> if, if I had a, like a million dollars and that come in on my Patreon, man, th- I wouldn't change my co-host at all. Just get another one. Yeah, and just, just like, get... like have, have three co-hosts. You get Jimmy Smith on. I get Scarlett Johansson as a co-host. That's what I'd do. There you go. Stacey Keebler, co-host. There's, that rings a few bells. Yeah, she was lovely. <laughs> Great personality. Really, really good personalities. Um, so yeah, check those out. That'd be fantastic. Um, plus, Freaky also needs it to pay for all of the uh, all of the URL domains that he owns. Yeah, I, I do own a few. But it's mostly... You know what it's mostly for is uh, just the the server costs because they're in us dollars so it's like i'm getting smashed on server costs right now um which is fine like but that's and that i I just got to a point where i was like maybe i should set up a patreon and see how it goes and and i've had four wonderful subscribers so far um every single little bit helps and so yeah I, i really appreciate the support through that should we do something for those people who are um, contributors to both our Patreons. Something to honour them, maybe on maybe on the podcast website. We could have yes. a page dedicated to them, maybe. That would be cool. Ah, huh? yeah. The crossover ones. Yeah, that that could be a uh, a way to entice people to, to help us out a bit and yeah, encourage them that way. That's a cool idea. Actually, we should get onto that. I don't know. We'll we'll find something to do. We might even find something that we might be able to provide for those people once a year or twice a year or something like that. Who knows? Yeah. You know what we should do is we should, if you've got, if there's something you'd love to do, like it, because it's hard to know what to provide um, extra for Patreon followers. So if there's something you have in mind, that's not weird, by the way. Okay. Julie, Katie, uh, yeah. it, it, just let us know. Because if it's like, I, I, I don't know what it would be, but if there's something you'd be like, you know, it would be really cool if you did this for your Patreon supporters, um, we'll, we'll do it. If, we, if you know, if we can do it, we'll do it. Yeah. It's got to be something, you know, obviously positive and good. Yeah. Not, yeah. yeah, not weird. Yeah, no, we've got to we've got to start putting a lot of parameters on this. Yeah, it's like oh, you know, it'd be cool just to lock your hair. Oh, like, right. settle down, Joe Biden. The hair thing's a bit of an issue for me at the moment because all the hairdressers are shut around here. And I'm starting to get um, massive hair. And I hate well, it. Well, you know, you saw what I did with my hair last time, right? Yeah, the Josh Reynolds haircut. Yeah, it's basically the Josh Reynolds haircut. Well, I haven't done anything with it since. So now what it looks like is that I have the worst comb forward you've ever seen. It's just horrible. It it just looks terrible. And so I'm thinking of shaving my head. 
Um, yeah, I've got to do something with it. You see, when mine gets to this length, yeah, it stops being straight and starts to curl up. But doesn't get doesn't get curly like you know full on curls. It just sort of curls over once. All right, but all on the edges. So it's just all looking like really messy and shitty, and there's nothing I can do to tidy it up. Yeah, and I just hate having long hair. Yeah, I've look once I got to being like a teenager, I didn't like having long hair. This is the longest my hair's been since I was probably I reckon probably. I think it was 18 when I first started shaving my head. Oh, it's only about three years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a new thing. I've been doing mine for a bit longer than that. Yeah. How you just, I just top hey, people your age. Yeah, go on. <laughs> how how, uh, how are you going for facial hair? Because mine, I keep trimming it, but I'm very close to being like, fuck this, man. Just go Grizzly Adams on it. Um. I've got two females in the house. They don't like it when I have facial hair, so I have to shave oh. all the time. Does the little one, like, like, ha- have you ever let your facial hair grow and then shaved it when she was, like, a baby and it freaked her out? She was like, who the hell's this? Um, no, I think it was more when I did let my hair go a bit too long and I, sh- I shaved it off. Yeah. She sort of gave me that first double take of, uh <laughs> you look familiar, but something's not right. Um, yeah, facial, not really, because I never really had long facial hair for too long. Yeah. It grows pretty quick to start with and then stops at, at a certain point, mm-hmm. and then I just get rid of it. Um, but yeah, it is coming up to winter. I tend to get a bit lazier with it then, so it might it might get longer. I just realized last time you saw me... I had not only the Josh Reynolds haircut, but I had the uh, porno tash as well. Yeah, I think I described it as the Ricky Gervais um, goatee. Ricky Gervais goatee. Yeah, I yeah. guess it was in a way. It was weird. <laughs> I should do something. That's giving people a really good mental image of <laughs> I know. I, I should do something weird with it while I can, hey? Like, uh, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll work something out. Go the full post-retirement Mick Foley beard. I just like, so get rid of the sides and just have the, like the, the goatee, but really and just, long. And just let it go bushy as hell and not make any effort to keep it in, uh, in any sort of form. Yeah. Well, that's how you got to, you know, here's the thing, right? I think there's something weird about trimming beards and trimming your facial hair. Like, I think when you start getting to, when it starts becoming a trigonometry event, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Like, just be a man and grow it or don't. Yeah. Like, if I get to the point where I go, okay, it's too long now, I'm not going to go, okay, I want it to be half length. I go, yeah, it either goes or it, it stays. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, that's how I am with my hair for for the most of my life. It's like, sh- shave your head. You know, oh, hair's growing long, just shave it. Yeah. You know, exactly. you're a dude. What are you going to? Uh, it's you know, these, these for, most, for most of us, it grows back. So you know, just, yeah. just cut it off. Who cares? But these people that go to barbers, right? Like, I, I don't know. I just find it a bit weird. I think that the barber experience has gone a little bit weird, don't you? Yeah, I think. I think when there's men who like to spend more than fifteen minutes getting their hair done. Yeah. Like at a hairdresser. Yeah. 
See, I'll go in there and say, what's your quickest haircut possible? I don't want to have any awkward silence longer than I need to in this in this environment. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable having random strangers touching my hair. Mm. So just ditch the scissors, shave that shit, and then let me go. Yeah, I don't want product, yeah. right? All no, you need... No, don't need product. Just cut the shit off and let me go. Yeah. Like, what style do you want? What do you mean style? I'm here for a haircut. Yeah, I want it off. Yeah, that's why I haven't been... To, uh, you know what? I've, the last one I went to was about... Man, let me think. It's probably about four years ago, and it was because I didn't have my hair clipper with me. See, otherwise, I just shave my, my own head. Like, I don't like the whole... I just don't like any of it. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and they charge an arm and a leg for it. It's like, yeah. I can do this shit myself with a fucking $20 clipper. What, I'll pay someone else $25 for a one-off so they can... Talk to me. I don't want to talk to these people. It's always, the same, talk- conver- it's always the same conversation. Ah, what do you? Wow. Well, so, what do you do? You know, start so, your fucking business. Cut my hair. I say. Oh, so have you been busy? Have you been gone? Did you take that guess in the fact that I've let my hair get to this stage? <laughs> yes, I've been fucking busy. If I hadn't have been busy, I got my hair cut a month ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's not my deal. Yeah. I, there's this there's this barber place right that is in a little shopping center and it's it's one of those ones where it's always full i don't understand it but anyway there was this dude that was standing there and he's trying to look all tough and stuff and he had those fucking wax strips all around his eyes and face and shit He's like, I don't know what he's waiting for. Like, he's waiting for the shit to work or something. But it's like, you can't stand there with wax stuff on your face trying to look cool, man. That's not how it works. Yeah. I wonder how long he kept that facade up for. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. I just got my fish and chips and was just disgusted with him. (laughs) You should have thrown a chip at him. I should have, hey. Probably just, just ran, one. One ran soggy one. Yeah, yeah, just one soggy one and just throw it at him and hit him in the face with it and just go, you just, disgust me, and then just walk off. Just ruin <laughs> ruin whatever he was doing to himself. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the insult, having a chip thrown at you. Did you see that, uh, oh, you might probably haven't, the New South Wales police during this um, pandemic, they've said that not only are they fining people now for spitting, at police officers and other people in public. Now they're going to also publicly shame them. Okay. Yeah, very strange. I think yeah. it's like, can, uh, can you just apply the law and stop with your fucking public shaming? And the other thing that got me today was that they said that uh, if people, um, they're trying to push this app where they can track everyone so that they can track the virus and they want everyone to have to have this app on their phone so that they can just make sure that they haven't been in contact. Uh, see, that's uh, in those quotation marks, track the virus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me tell you, if they make something like that compulsory, I'm going back to a flip phone that doesn't have apps. Fuck yeah. being tracked like that. That's ridiculous. Flip phone, man. I'm going back to the Nokia 3310. Oh, yeah. Don't even I'll... need internet for that, some bitch. I would go back to like, and I never owned one, but you know the old Razor phones? Yeah, Motorola. Oh, them, yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Just something that just doesn't have the ability to have an app. 
when they come to you and says, how come you haven't got the app? And going, can you install it for me? And give them your phone. They sit there looking at it going, the fuck is this thing? Yeah. Is this a telephone? Yeah, it sends text messages and I get calls on it. Does it do anything else? No. What else does it need to do? <laughs> I remember the first time somebody asked me to send a, a text message to me. I've always had mobile phones. Even like uh, my my first mobile phone was like in the mid-90s. I was one of those people. And uh, and I remember the first time someone asked to send me a text and I was like, what would you send a text on a phone for? Seems ridiculous. Now everyone does it. Now, now that you've given us a bit of New South Wales news, I've got a big, bit of Victorian news. Okay. Um, some abhorrently dressed blithering idiot has gone to Parliament House recently. It was this two days ago. Um, bitching and moaning about why can't he go and play golf. Um He's wearing what looks like a tablecloth for pants. He's 74 years old. Mm-hmm. What he should be doing is sitting in his home yelling this crap at a TV. Yeah, and avoiding the fucking virus. Like yeah. he's in that prime, you know, the prime stage of death for the virus. Exactly. Get inside and turn off your internet, you idiot. Yeah. We don't want to hear from you. Yeah, get out from underneath those 5G signals that are giving us this virus too. <laughs> yeah. We just want to know that when we come around and knock on your door, you answer and go, okay, he's alive. Shut the door again. You know, the, the weird thing I've been seeing is uh, these feel-good news art, art items on TV where it's like someone goes to an old person's place and gives them flowers or something. It's like, can you just not fucking expose them? to the potential of getting this virus because they'll die. <laughs> so, i got to use some flowers. <coughs> oh, yeah. I died. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like really weird to me. Yes. There's still this weird compulsion within some of the broadcast media to still go out on the road and go to the scene of something. Like, we saw a news article the other day with, um, I think it was on Channel 9, with the Trebojevich brothers. Mm-hmm. And they sent a journalist over, mm. and they made it clear that they like they made a they made it so obvious on the screen to show yeah. just the reporter's hand holding the microphone to say <laughs> we're keeping a distance and saying if you've watched Fox Sports you'll see that they're doing all of those interviews over the fucking mobile phone without anyone going to their house. Yeah. What are you doing? There was one on Channel. I feel like it was nine. And you know that uh, dude that does the sprint coaching for NRL players? Um, Is that Shervington? No, no, no. He's, uh, man, I can't remember his name. Anyway, his name's not important. Darren anyway, <laughs> No, not that. Not that one. that no, don't. <laughs> um, he, anyway, he was showing. Chastised. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Know. I'm not going to allow you to do that to our podcast. Um, so anyway, he had a bunch of plays. He had like Bronson Sherry. He had uh, Kyle Flanagan and stuff. And he was, and they were all, there was heaps of people there. Uh, Kalen Ponga was there. And he was saying how it's great because he has like 16 people that work for him. And so everyone can get individual coaching. So it doesn't break the the rules, the lockdown rules, and he's teaching them all how to run really fast. Um, 
And it was really weird. All I was watching was thinking, like, why are any of these players risking any of this right now? Like, I wouldn't risk it. I'm not risking it, and I am not a well-paid rugby league player. I just don't understand why people are risking so much going out and doing these things. Like, oh, well, technically, I'm not breaking the rules. It's like, yeah, but you're just risking yourself. You're not being clever. Yeah, it really is mad. People, people, I've... It's interesting. I, I remember saying um, on Twitter and, and to a few people as well back in January, mm-hmm. I was amazed at how giving the Australian public were and how charitable they were. Yeah. And yet two months later, they're so <laughs> a lot of people have become so selfish mm-hmm. and so self-obsessed and so stupid. It makes me wonder... What the fuck happened in two months? <laughs> the weird one that gets me is, and, and you won't see this down there, um, there's this weird obsession with wanting to get beaches open at Bondi. Yes. And it's like, can you imagine how fucking needy a person you are that during a pandemic you're like, man, I just got to go into the surf. I need the beach. You don't understand, man. I need the beach. I need to surf. It's like, can you just calm the fuck down? Obviously, down here, it's um, it's old, irrelevant um, people who, who are somehow still famous pleading to have golf courses opened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's so strange. It's like, oh, I just I just want to be able to walk around the golf course, and it's. It's like, how about you just chill at home for a bit? Like, this is the easiest pandemic in the history of the world, right? You can stay at home. You can watch the world through all of your devices. We've got food. We've got water. We've got shelter. We've got, you know, air conditioners. We've got heat. It's just so easy. Just sit at home for a bit. You know, if you need some exercise, just do it at home. I saw a, a picture of a dude Oh, it was a video of a dude on one of the news services and he's standing in a park lifting kettlebells. And it's like, you just fucking need to be seen, don't you, mate? Yeah. You need to be seen lifting your kettlebells. Go and do it at home, idiot. The thing is, he just wants to be seen, but he f- fails to realise that there's no one there to see him. Yeah. Yeah, mate. That's why we've got things like TikTok. Just go home and put your TikTok <laughs> video on and just do it on there. and People can see it a lot more often then. You know what we don't have enough of in the world? We don't have enough compilations of people singing into their webcam some fucking song, pretending that they're all fucking kumbaya in the moment. <laughs> Maybe we needed this. Maybe this. I was just thinking, listening, thinking back on this episode, it's been like a purge. It really has been. The purge we needed to have. It's just that could be the title of the episode. It's just the purge. Yeah. Um. So, sorry, sorry, listeners, but we thought this might be a better idea than to just have bits and pieces of purging in every episode. We just do it all in one big go. Yeah, we we wanted to give you a long episode. We wanted to give it to you, and it be uh, long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Plenty of girth in this this one too. Yeah, meaty, really meaty. Yeah, why did you really have to commit to taking this one in? Absolutely. Ow. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Um, do, I'm just um yes, 
I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't anything bad, just something stupid I did. Okay. I, is, okay. <laughs> I think it's time to tell people the two things you do during a podcast, because one of them is like, oh, yeah, that's fair enough, and one of them's like, oh, shit, you're like that dude out of that movie Copycat. Um, yeah, the one I was just doing there was I've I've got this um, multi-purpose tool slash pocket knife thing. And I usually just sit here folding it up and then unfolding it while I'm doing the podcast. And um, I was just removing a bit of dead skin near my fingernail and just took a little bit more than I thought and it's just started to bleed a little bit. <laughs> Got into the live stuff, eh? I just think it's... It's creepy as fuck you're sitting there basically cutting parts of yourself off with a knife. Like, what the fuck? You weirdo. You're like fucking John Rambo when he was out in the bush trying to get away from them cops. Just doing a weird shit to survive. It's like your coping mechanism. It's, this makes me feel really bad. You talk to me long enough, you start cutting bits of yourself off. <laughs> why does why does everyone always do this at some point <laughs> you, you're going to have um, like the people who make Swiss Army knives are going to start contacting you and they're going to give you sponsorship mate <laughs> that starts off through the roof because of you ah <laughs> oh, man so fucking weird because the other the other day me and Andrew were talking and I was saying like I don't even know where I look at when I'm talking I couldn't even tell you uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, I, I either play with the Transformer that I've got here or I just play with my knife. And I'm like, you're fucking what? Yeah. It's a multi-purpose tool knife. There you go. I'll put it away. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's been like nearly two hours and now you're putting the knife away after cutting a chunk of your finger off. <laughs> that's that's normal. People think I'm the weirdo. <laughs> I think this comes from spending too much time in the uh, my home office. Yeah, it's, you just start. It's like you know them animals in the zoo. They start pacing back and forth and stuff like that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yours is just you're pacing back and forth, is cutting bits off yourself with a knife. That's, that's comforting. There's a tiny little hole there. Interesting. Mm. Anyway. I know that I can handle it with Stan, that sort of uh, pain, so I'll just have to do it with the other fingers in the next episodes. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've learned how to become a very, very bad manicurist. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. <laughs> so, um, this is a, we've, got, we've got a comment on the uh, on the YouTube page from... Oh, really? We've got a regular bloke on there who uses the username Sefo Asu. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, this is in response to the last episode, mm-hmm. the NRL Checkmates Channel 9. He says, good work, fellas. Listening to it right now. Good yarn in these tough times. Thanks. Nice. That's a nice comment. Yeah. Thank he, you. He loves it. He usually leaves a few comments every every time. So, yeah. yeah get on there. Give us some give us some comments. As I said, get, get on there and um, subscribe. We've got 54 subscribers on there now. Yeah. Feedback's always good, hey? Yeah. Unless it's shit feedback, then it's not good. I think we can delete some of that, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> we've got a bunch of people that we're, 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 we've te- teed up to get on, right? Mm. But we're waiting for the timing to be right, because the timing is so weird. Like, you know, you sort of say, okay, let's we'll get you on when this sort of happens. But until until something happens, it's like... 
you know, you're sort of getting on talking about, well, we're waiting for this thing to happen. So uh, we've got some really cool guests lined up. We're just waiting for the right moment to have them on. Yes, we might get one on soon this month when I pull my finger out and get onto that. Um, speaking of, something we mentioned in a, in a past episode, um, my journalism. Yes. Um, that can now be seen in the this month's edition of Rugby League Review magazine, which is out now everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as you open the front cover, bam, there it is. Straight away, nice. Straight away. Excellent. Can you it's, say what it's about? It's about uh, two interviews that I had with um, CEOs of Brisbane expansion teams. Excellent. That'll be a really interesting read. Yes, and I've got two more which I'm going to put into the next month's edition as well. From, so that way I've covered all four expansion bids. Yeah. Um, so one of the one one of those uh, four um, people who I interviewed, um, we're going to get onto the podcast to chat about their team's bid. Yeah, that's going to be really exciting. I mean, I I love that side of the game, the business side of the game. Um, yes. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting to to get it to chat to one of the expansion bids and. Um, ask them a little bit about what they intend to do, uh, some of their plans and things like that, and and get some clarity around it. Because I, I feel as though sometimes you, it's hard to get like the, I know the mainstream media just doesn't cover it right at all. Um, and, and so get the rugby league review this month and next month, and you'll get a lot of things cleared up. Thanks to yeah. Andrew, our journalist friend. Journalist, yeah, doing yeah. proper journalism. Yeah. Showing the old donkeys how it's done. <laughs> hey. Um, alrighty, so I suppose we should wrap this one up. We've, we've uh, stretched it out pretty well. Excellent. That's what she said. Uh, thanks very much for listening to us. We love your support. We appreciate it. We hope we're entertaining you. And, uh, yeah, just thank you for everything. It's It's been fantastic. Everything's going upwards, and um, it's incredible. It's really incredible. So thank you all so much. Yeah, thanks, coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we'll catch you next time.